G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time to cast off to a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning to you, Redman. Good morning, Patrick. It's a pleasure to be here, unlike some gentlemen <laughs> over in America at a Wayne tournament competition over in Ohio during the week. If you haven't heard, we're going to tell you all about it because this is about as interesting as it gets. It certainly is. And for those unaware, in the States, bass fishing is a multi, multi-million dollar industry. It is huge. And there's people that professionally fish in these circuits and as talk to us through how it works. So they catch these fish and then they're weighed at the end of the tournament and that's how they decide who the winner is. It's not the length of the fish, yep. it's the weight. It's all by weight. So what's happened is they've the gentlemen have gone out and caught their fish like many other punters for that day. And these guys were well-recognised people in the fishing industry. Like they fish full-time, Pat. In one of the videos that I heard, there's a couple of people yelling out, you're going to have to get a real job now <laughs> because these guys literally fish for a living. Now, these guys would have been winners of nearly $30,000 in prize money. That's how big the competition is for a few fish. Take a listen. <laughs> you can hear them. You can hear them calling the cops. That's theft. The the police are on board. It, it is extraordinary. It is, and the reaction was massive because the boys or the guys ended up being disqualified from the Lake Erie Walleye Trail competition. And how, how did they find out that yeah. that these fish were, you know, heavier than they should have been to then know to look for? You know, how do they weight them down? So I can basically look at any sort of fish and get, not not any sort of fish, but most fish and get a rough idea on what a fish weighs. Particularly one that you can actually pick up. Exactly. Like a snapper, for instance, I can pick one up and say, oh, this is roughly five to five and a half kilo. Bit harder like, for a tuna that's 90 to 140 kilos. Yeah. Like it, it is different. But, and, but we still get a, because of the measurement, we still get a rough estimate on it. We're, either, we're usually within 10 or 15 kilo of a 120 kilo fish, say. Like your fish last year, 130-odd kilo, we guessed that straight away. And these guys went to weigh these fish in. And first of all, just by looking at the fish, when they put it on the scales, the fish should have been roughly, give or take, four pound. Yes. So either side of it. Yep. I think they come up at eight. (laughs) So So they're double the size. And then, so let's... Lex walk through when it comes to cheating. Yep. It's not something you, you and I are familiar with. Well, maybe it's school and, and tests and that sort of thing, but certainly not fishing. That's allowed there, though. <laughs> Weighing down fish, what they've done is insert sinkers, yes. lead-based sinkers, into the mouths of these fish to try and you know increase the weight. So when the gentleman went to weigh them, 
Why he, do you keep referring he, to them as gentlemen? Oh, because I scumbags. All right, these pr- scumbags. No, well, the gentleman went to weigh them. He was all right. Oh, sorry. The, the bloke weighing it. The gentleman yes. went to weigh it yes. for the scumbags. I'm excited and talking about this. <laughs> they went to weigh it, and he obviously looked at it and gone, "That's not four pound." Then he felt the stomach of the of the fish and could feel hard objects in it. So yep. he's like, "Right, let's check." And you can feel a slug. The size sinkers, Mate, they went a bit big. Like, maybe you go the bean sinkers or the pea sinkers. sinkers. They have loaded these fish up. So, they went from four pound roughly to eight pound roughly. Doubling. Doubling the yeah. weight of these fish. So, it was just a stupid idea. And they want to know how many times these guys are in court have actually done this because they've won many of many of competitions yep. right around the States. So... I think it's as low as you get because a lot of fishing competitions, for in, for instance, tag and release marlin. It's all honest. It's an honest based uh, system. Yep. Yeah, it's just all honesty. Like you tag a fish, you estimate its size, blah blah blah. That's where it just gets ruined when there's big dollars that come into this. Yep. And these competitions all of a sudden go from fun to it being very much professional based and livelihoods depending on it. Is there a way around changing that? Do you think, or is it just very can, very difficult to police this. It, it sounds bad, but you can sort of look. You can like you just said, livelihoods come into it, so they're not. I don't know. As a wreck angler that goes into the odd competition here and there, I don't care if I win. Like I just do it for it's the experience. It's an you go with go your go mates. In, yeah, it's an excuse to go out fishing. Like yeah. you'll say, right, oh, Pat, do you want to go on the snapper comp this weekend? See if we can win it. Yeah, you never win it. Yeah, you just never do. Yeah, and. But it's a great it's a great weekend with your mates. You have a bit of fun. Guys, you bring a few beers. All that sort of stuff. These guys we're talking about are on another level. Yes. So these guys are professional fishermen. They they fish for their jobs. From tournament to tournament, and as we said off the start, like there's so many states that do not border the ocean. So it is inland It's as big as the AFL fishing. over there. It like, really if not is. Bigger, if not, probably bigger. It really is. Yep. Like, it is massive. Yeah. So you can... I can... Not understand why they've cheated, but like they obviously want the prize money, and yeah. they live. They need this money to live, and I'm not agreeing with it. I actually can't see it at all. I shouldn't say it, but that's why they've cheated to win. Yeah, <laughs> like it's yep. it's dumb. So it's they've cheated to win. So yeah, they've been caught out. Like you showed that, uh, or you played that audio audio before, and it was pretty intense. I, I don't. Know, I'm not sure if these guys are actually still alive, but have you had? Yeah, no, well, that, you know what? The guy as that, crazy as that sounds. It is not absurd in the States. The guy that was obviously the president of the tournament or, so, or, or something along those lines, he was doing the presentation weighing the fish in. Yep. He was saying as the guys, I want these gentlemen to walk off. No one touch them. <laughs> like it was legit like saying, Good do not touch them. Yep. And then they were trying to get to their car, but before they even left, the coppers, I watched the foot, the live footage and the coppers had them as well. So I don't know what happened yet. I will find out and hopefully I'll be able to tell you next week. Quite extraordinary. Hey, let's get to a little bit of uh, 4x4 news. Elon Musk has said that Tesla's Cybertruck will be safe to travel on short trips across water. Um, That isn't too choppy. uh, Apparently, he's buying Twitter again this week after saying that over the past six months that he was going to acquire Twitter and then there was faulty accounts. He's a bit of a madman, our man Elon. He's a little bit of a madman. I'm not sure that I'm not sure the Cybertruck would be taking that in the ocean. I don't know even what to say to it. Like, I'm already against the electric- electrification as it is, <laughs> let alone driving a car on water. Yeah, like, like you know, my experience with electricity and water 
It doesn't go super well, well together. All I'm picturing is poor old Patrick driving across Mogs Creek. I'm going to cross the lake today. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we're not sure about that, but it, it leads us on to while we're on cars, uh, and, and this floated across uh, our Real Adventures desk during the week, and, and Channel 7, um, there was an article about it on their, on their website, 7 News. Uh, parking a, a gentleman parking across uh, multiple car parks mm. and the backlash that this has received when it was posted online and how outrageous it is. But both you and I had a very different view on this. The the car park was not full, so what what's kosher? I think it's fine. I can't see an issue in the slightest. No, there's no issue. Who? It's just a Karen out there that's having a sook about. I, I can understand if there was no parks or something, but there's parks like. Even if there's no parks, you were there first. I, like whenever I see someone that is a bit of a dick, and they've obviously <laughs> like they've they've parked their car so far over yeah, on one or, side, or they've taken over a car park. Yep. Now you've got to be mindful of this because you don't want your own car damaged. But I've driven up sometimes and parked that close to the, I do to the, the exact same to the thing. Car, the, <laughs> so they can't get yeah, in. to the driver's side of the car. So you cannot get in the driver's side. I always do. You it. cannot I, get in I there. Always, I always make sure my car's either it's facing in, the passenger side so I can get out my Exactly, <laughs> yes. But you're in the park, so it is to, like what you've done is totally yep. fine. They're just on your line. <laughs> it should be legal to do that. Well, it is legal. Well, it is legal. Because <laughs> you're in. I am going to teach this person a level. A lesson that's been arrogant enough to park over well, multiple parks. I'm not just talking about boat trailers here. I go to the supermarket regularly, pretty much every day, because I'm shocking with our budget. But it basically, we pull up in front of. Uh, I pull up, and there's there's always work trailers at the, at the front, yep. but they always park the furthest away, and that's what I do in my boat too. Like whenever I go, because you do not want it, like. I'm not trying to be inconvenient. But you don't actually want to drive through massive traffic. So that's why you do it. The missus at home, she's got the two kids at home. Hey, can you grab some stuff for dinner on the way home? I park right up the back with my boat. I park up. I take up 71 parks, but it's out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's out of the way. I I park as far away as possible. Mate, it's like... It's like when people were complaining about our Mad Monday kits last week. that, That we're taking the mickey out of old people. Which you and guys have just been bullied. Mate, for years we've been described as just being too old and too slow. Like, it, we're having a bit of fun. But people will complain about absolutely everything. And talking about cats saving money, none of you boys actually had to spend any money on a costume, which was always good for you, for you guys. But one thing that's not allowed, at boat ramps... Go on. Don't oh. park in a boat trailer's no, park. No, this is such In a, a single car, because yeah. there's not enough as there is. Nah. Especially on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when it's peak and it's... Yeah, it drives me weather's nuts. good, for example. Yep. Because you get in there and... And Queensland, single... there's not enough parks for boats oh, as it is. They upgraded the ramp to three ramps, bigger <laughs> pontoons, but you just can't facilitate the parking. But anyway, that's another story. But... Yeah, that that's a bugbear. Oh, that's a gaff, that is. Oh, that's stupidity. But anyway, they don't park at a... At a boat ramp in a park that doesn't cater for, or that caters for trailers, because just you can, they can't park anywhere else. They don't have a choice. If you just park up the road, even in the main street of Queenslive, yeah, I can even walk that far, Patrick, and that's saying something. <laughs> so it's not too far, and it allows like my old man trying to launch the boat with mum the other week, and they drove around the car park, and it was actually a Salt Guide member in front, and they drove around the car park trying to find a park. Waiting for a boat to come in. Just yeah. waiting. There was three of them in the line by the end of it. Yeah. Waiting just to wait for a park. Is it, it and is there was a bit that of many a... parks there with individual cars in it. 
it is a bit of a challenge around um, voting infrastructure around not only Victoria but Australia. There's there's so many that are really well positioned boat ramps, but they don't have the facilities yeah. to accommodate parking the boats. Like and that that is a big challenge with the push of, uh, I guess, fishing. In, I won't say Victoria in Australia. It's, well, we've seen with busier. COVID. Yeah, the, like it's just... How hard it is to find boats now. So yeah, there's, there's more so people boats. with boats. Yeah, there's so many boats out there. And on the water on just this week, well, last weekend gone by, it was beautiful on the Sunday. There was thousands of people out. Like yeah. at Queenscliff chasing yep. those squid in Lonnie Bight. There was over 250 boats in that one area. Yeah. Like that's yep. one spot, let alone the guys up at Carrum and Patterson Lakes and all that area chasing snapper. Then offshore chasing the tuna. There's boats everywhere. And we need, I don't know how, I don't know how they're going to facilitate all these uh, boats in the next 10 years because it's only going to get busier. Absolutely. Hey, we're halfway through, well, a third of the way through trade week. Massive, obviously. Um, the, the AFL Grand Finals one thing, this is bigger because every right. team can win with trade week. You know, whether you're bringing in draft picks or you're bringing in the star player, everyone can win in trade week. So the buy-in from all supporters nationally is enormous. This Are you a- announcing that you're going to a new team today? No, no. This, oh, okay. this is AFL trade week we're talking about. <laughs> um, if you had to, and you have to do this, so you don't have a choice, you have to trade your boat. You cannot get another boat. You can't get a power boat. What would you trade your boat for? So say my boat's worth, say, roughly say it's 130 grand. grand. Yeah, yep. uh, tractor, <laughs> hovercraft, can go on water. Hovercraft can go on water. Would you trade it for a sailboat? Because you're not no, allowed to... I'm not going to be a sail person, but I'm not a yachty. A sailboat. <laughs> they don't even deserve to be called yachties. <laughs> so you can't get another powerboat. What, what would you trade it for? Is it something to do with water base, or can I trade it for anything? You can trade it for anything. Well... I haven't got a job then, which is not good. <laughs> I'm in a bit of trouble here. I'm going to think smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You I, I reckon. No, well, you could go out on someone else's boat, but you have to trade right. your boat. I'm probably what? going to buy a Ram just because I've been wanting to buy one for ages and the new 150 is not out. Okay, like that. I'm just going to have to buy something because at like least that. I can look cool to tell in my house trailer around. <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying for, say, your, for your boat? You have a bit more money on your budget. I would get a... Helicopter? I would get a caravan. I'd get a caravan, yeah. And then I'd go caravan and a few kayaks on it. Now, it is different. No, is kayak allowed? It's sort of a water... Well, it's not powerboat. It's not a powerboat. Well, mine would be. Imagine <laughs> imagine you, honestly, imagine you and a kayak. I just can't let you... It'd be, I'd use more fuel on that than I would my boat because it'd have an engine on it. You'd be like Mr. Grumpy. You'd have the biggest oh, frowns. <laughs> oh, I just... I, Hey, hey uh, the snapper season is just about here. Yep. Things you need to know to catch snapper. If we can round this through relatively quickly before we get to the break. Uh, sonar is critical. What rods, hooks, leaders, etc. We're going to have this chat on the other side of the break because now is the time where you do need to start organizing yourself with these big fish starting to come through you do it's uh right now like yep. it's it's starting to heat up things are getting really really close to firing so western port temps getting up above 14 port phillips just under it's a little bit behind but it's time to get excited and time to get things ready because that snap of frenzy is just about to kick in. You're listening to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. On the other side of the break, we've got the whip around. We're going to find out what's biting right around the country. This is Real Adventures. 
You're listening to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Welcome back to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. You got a little bit excited before. Yeah, I did. The uh, snapper season is exciting, Patrick. And Well, know. we went a little off. Look, the fact that there was these people cheating in a bet bass <laughs> tournament... We we've been a little off this morning. It's been it's been good. It's been good off. It's like it's sort <laughs> it of has, like it has been. Well, it's now time for the whip around, Pat. For Jaco Sydney, your next great escape. Let the adventure begin with Jaco Sydney because I'm going to cover all that snapper talk in the review, Pat. So we'll get straight into the whip around. All right. So with that being said, without talking about snapper, uh, let's talk gummy sharks because Port Welshpool at the moment in Victoria is fishing. Really well. It is fishing very well, and you're going to see the snapper come into that area too, and they get big snapper down there. A lot of 20-pounders, a lot of 20-pounders. That current will start to push into that area from the east coast, and it will really start to warm up. You talk about the temperature yeah, yep. and warming up. What temperature are we looking for? Like, Is that a controlling factor of when to start fishing for these big snapper? Once the ice melts on Port Phillip Bay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good start. No, Be careful for birds. <laughs> Be careful for birds. <laughs> They're dangerous, those things. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's about that 16 degrees mark I like to work with. 15 to 17 degrees will start. Like you, you, It's going to get – every day will get better and better as it warms up. Yep. During the week, we had a cyclone on, I think it was Wednesday, and it was freezing cold. And I think we had a couple more colder days. It but was. It, on the weekend. But look, 20s next week, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep coming up. Is there secrets for the squid with both bays? Both, both, bays, bays? Are, both yeah. bays are going good. Port, uh, Western Port, sorry, you've got uh, slower tides have been the better, definitely the better weeks. So around okay. the moons has been the better weeks. Yep. And it's the same for Port Phillip, but I, but the eggs are getting dropped on, on those moons. So are, we, are we sight finding these eggs? If or, you, or are we looking for ground that we've been on before? And- I'm starting with the ground that I've been fishing and I'm looking as hard as I can. Yep. I'm trying to find eggs as much as possible. And if you can find them, hit mark but I'm fishing deeper water at times too where you can't see the bottom like 12 metres yeah, so okay. it's a lot of hit mark on the sonar and then of course go back over that same spot but both bays are firing for uh, for uh, for squid at the moment and big ones too let's head to New South Wales now this is super exciting news out of Bermagui uh, with uh, Yellowfin making a return in close so we've spoken at length as around this Yellowfin but these are the commercial boys, and it's a little bit far for recreational anglers, to say the least. But we're starting to see them in close Montague Island for the first time uh, in a super long time. So let's let's talk the best ways to, to, to get onto these fish, because you're not having to jump on a long liner and head you know hundreds of k's offshore. It's one of the most exciting things for the New South Wales fishery, that years ago, I've seen photos of people that I've, I've known through the fishing industry, yep. fishing Montague Island, catching kingfish at the same time as seeing yellowfin jumping out of the water and catching yellowfin. Like, and, and it has not happened. Which, like, you, you, you picture that in your mind. It's, it's the ultimate. Like, hang on, what? And Montague's, like, it's a little bit of a hike. It's closer to Naruma than it is Burmy, but it's in close. Yeah. And it's a very accessible place for recreational anglers along the New South Wales coast. And these fish just being there is... Beyond, like, amazing. So, so it's, it's worth the trip. If you've got yep. time, it's worth making the trip. So they were, get, they were getting them on lures and stick baits during the week. Yep. Uh, only a handful of fish was caught. But the problem is 
the weather that's hitting that east coast right now. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to sh- we're not going to know what's going to happen where they will end up. Yeah, they yep. might just keep coming in bigger numbers, or yep. they can do what Tuna do: three kicks of their tail, Spin. and they're back around the top corner of North Korea. So <laughs> it's it, they can, they can move very quick. So I think it's Japan that they go. Japan to, that but, one, yeah. but that's usually uh frozen though. It's uh they the massive market uh, that long line you just spoke about yeah. uh, for uh, Japanese like it's yeah. for they bring the fish in, they uh, freeze them up, and they send them overseas and. The money they it stays a lot stay in Australia too, but the market offshore Huge. for these fish, the dollars they pay is phenomenal. Like it's massive amounts. Fishing the slack water in port, hacking during the week, a nice mulloway was caught on a Taylor fillet. Now this went a hundred and three centimeters, Redman. And for for many anglers, if you're talking barramundi, if you're talking mulloway, Murray cod, the meter is the magic meter. It is. And it's a bloody cracking fish. He caught it at two in the morning. That's when slack water was. And yeah, he can't say much more other than, well done. That's that's a big fish. 103 centimetres in the hacking. Good stuff. Let's head further north to Queensland. The Elliot River is the place to be to get a flathead right now. Uh, fish 45 to 60 centimetres being caught. And they're taking lures, which is nice, Redmond, as well as baits. Uh, the sand flats have been the, the favoured sort of spot. Uh, and and let's, let's talk bass, Lake Gregory. Yeah, there's been some uh, good bass caught with sinkers in them. From <laughs> the bass in Lake... <laughs> no, mate, that's the States. Sorry. We don't do that in Australia. Wrong, 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 wrong report. The bass in Lake are on fire right now, but the key is to fish late in the day when the water temp is at its warmest. Yeah, so letting it get real hot. The bass love their heat. That's when they become most active. They are in super shallow water, so using top water lures is the way to go. And make sure you go out there and get them because they pull like a freight train bass do. Uh, heading across to the west now, fishing the beaches around Perth. A couple of 14-year-old boys, they missed their bedtime, stayed up all late, uh, all night fishing off the beach and at 1am the rod screamed off Redmond and they landed a 1.4 metre gummy shark uh, and they couldn't have been more over the moon, it's safe to say. That's a terrific capture for a couple of young teenagers. How good is that, mate? I love that. Yep. I literally love it. That's what I was doing at that That's age. Exactly. They're you not can't, on... Can't get into trouble. Not on COD, not on bloody no. these... Video games, like that's just fantastic. Like that warms the warms the heart when you hear these stories. The boys wouldn't tell us the beach they were fishing on, so apologies for the report. We, a, we liked that though. But you know what I did like though? It was in a Western Australia fishing report, this one, yep. on a page on Facebook. And what I like is it had nearly a thousand likes. I think it was like eight hundred likes on it. And yep. I didn't people not see, bagging the crap I out of it. I didn't see a negative comment. Yeah. I actually kept flicking through to say, Let's who's gonna bully these kids? Yep. And they did everything was positive. I Great. even read a gentleman that offered to give him a surf, a new surf rod. They had a brand new surf rod. He goes, send me a pet. I'm going to send it out to you. Uh, just a random bloke. So good things do happen. Probably the bad things get reiterated a little bit more than the, than the good, but good things do happen, and well done to these kids who get out on the beach and catching this shark. The next time you're on these fishing forums and you, you think about contributing to it, just think, if you posted something, what sort of message would you like to receive? Yeah. Someone bagging the crap out of you. Or positive reinforcement. Like, yep. fishing is such a great connector for us all and something that we all enjoy so very much. And social media, what it, there's plenty of poor parts of social media, but it provides a great connection piece for fishermen to share their stories. Next time you're on, don't 
Don't bring people down. Build them up. Yeah, you it's know, not it's hard. something that we should be sharing and enjoying. <laughs> and together. if you're going to say something bad, just don't say anything at all. Exactly. If they've done something wrong, like I watched during the week, a gentleman had a seven gill shark that he was he posted, and I think he might have been taking the piss. Let's be honest. He wanted a response. I kind of I don't know how people have time to do this because I certainly don't. But he gaffed a seven gill shark. And the gaff was, it was a massive hook'em gaff. One of the ones I use, the big triangle one. Through yep. the gills of this seven gill. And he goes, personal best shark today. Jeez, it put up a fight. Release safely. And in the video that he had it kicking at the side of the boat, blood's pouring Blood out of it. Yep. Look, and he got absolutely hammered on social media. But he deserved to get hammered on social media. Yep. You don't go posting that sort of stuff. Yep. on so. And if he wasn't educated enough to understand that you can't gaff a shark in the side with a big pointy thing and heaps of blood come out, you then you don't now. deserve to be fishing. Yeah, yep. you will be now. So anyway, social media can be a great place. Great thing for the boys. The Jewfish have been on fire in all regions of WA, Pat. The great thing is they've been getting caught as shallow as 10 metres and right up to 90 centimetres in length. So some really good Jewfish, which is great for the WA fishery. Heading over to South Australia, Port Lincoln and Tumby Bay right now are the places to be on the Air Peninsula with great numbers of squid around and some really, really good size ones too. Adelaide Metro, so uh, fishing Port Norlunga or the Henley Jetty. There's been plenty of garfish. And once again, these are so much fun uh, to fish for. And as this water warms up, there's actually nothing better than heading down in the afternoon. Uh, whilst it's been a nice and warm day, you can get out the, the net, you do a bit of dipping, you don't just have to use bait to catch these fish. As Aaron often talks about, a nice burly trail will start to bring these fish in and it's a great activity to do uh, with your kids after school or if it's just yourself, then, then go down and get into it because it's a lot of fun. Great snapper baits they make. And snapper fishing's coming back in South Australia in 2023, Patrick. Love that. Tasmania fishing under the Tasman Bridge, original name. There's been a great school of salmon up to 50 centimetres holding there. Just flicking around metal lures, Pat, and you have no dramas. Getting them once again, they're a great bait to catch everything else. And they're no good to eat, let's be honest. I shouldn't say that. Out of Stanley, there's been plenty of great-sized gummies as well getting caught, with a lot of people getting up to 10 a day. So, nice fish, 8 to 15 kilo. Keep what you need, and then... Chuck the rest back. Not yep. hard to do. Fresh squid and salmon doing their best work. That was the whip around for Jaco Sydney. Let the adventure begin. Jaco Sydney helping you on your next great escape. And it's now time for the social club for the next gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. Patrick, first question. Yes, everything you need for work and play the next gen How Ford is your Ranger? Ranger. How is your Ranger going? Brilliant. Love it. Absolutely love it. The tech in it is still, it takes some time to get used to. Like the, the central um, screen, which is nearly 13 inches, is freaking massive. That's a big but, screen. Yeah, but have, have absolutely loved what it. A, and I've got better tyres on it this time than the, than the old one I had. So I get, because of the footy club, it comes through Fort Australia. And the last tyres I had were, weren't great. They were road spec tyres, whereas these ones are off-road. Makes a huge difference when launching t- the boat. Do you do what I do and just turn every alarm off that tries to drive the yes, car for you? Yes, yes. They're too no, smart. They're too smart for yep. their own good. These things. All brands are too it smart. Used, it used to drive me nuts oh. when I, I didn't understand like lane lane keeping. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, the steering on this thing's wrong. Like something tries wrong. to pull against. Yes, yeah. something's wrong, and then you realise there's just so many different options. I was with the technology. I hired a Kia Carnival when I was up with the Mrs. Family in uh, my Mrs. My family, sorry, with the Mrs. in Noosa the other week, and I was trying to steer around a bike rider, and it mustn't have picked the bike rider up, 
and it breaks I went for out of the lane. It not only broke, but it was trying to steer me into the bike rider. I'm not even, <laughs> and I'm going, mate, I'm trying to turn this against you. Anyway, get into the questions. Ryan, red, great thrasher shark during the week. Do you actually target them? We actually did, funny enough. But really? The only, the only problem, what we anchored up on a snapper mark. Actually, the fish this the very first time you and I took your boat out, that very first time, that snapper Same spot, yep. I went there and I had a heap of burley out on the yep. top and we had a thrasher shark bait out and... So you actually targeted, like, we're going to fish for thresher sharks. Yeah, we, well, snapper was our main target, Yep. but we get a lot of threshers through there. The yeah, only problem nice. is, Pat, we had the shark balloon out the back, which you're not allowed to use balloons anymore, so I shouldn't say that, but it helps. And we had um, the bait sitting there. Environmental balloons. Yeah, yeah, and we went and picked it up as well. And it's, no, no joke, I had this balloon sitting there, and the way the tide was going, I had to cast my, my snapper bait out on the outside of the balloon so it would sink with the tide. I, no joke, missed this balloon by five metres when I cast it. It hit the water. I turned around. I went to sit on my seat on my phone and the rod just screamed off in the rod holder. Why didn't I eat the shark bait that would have been much easier? Because we got this on a 20-pound rod, 20-pound braid with 40-pound leader. It took us an hour and 10 minutes to land a 40-kilo thresher shark that it shouldn't have been that long. But anyway, if you are targeting them, I like to run mono around that 120 pound. The teeth aren't too, they're not like not a Mako, yeah. but they are sharp and they're not like a Mako. We landed on 40 pound, just to give you an example. Yep. I was 90% sure we we're going to get bit off and we didn't. It's tails vicious, so I run a wind on leader as well because their tail is the same size as their body. body it's yeah. incredible. Yep. And not only that, uh, the bait, well, the bait we use was salmon, but if you can get live yakkers and stuff, run them down the back of the boat and I'll go nuts yeah, they, they, they can be really good. But nice burly trail in close on the back of the reefs on the snapper grounds. The next question is from Graham. Danger. Have you ever made your own flies? I'm just looking to get into it, getting into it. Graham, I've thought about it. Dad's just started, so Dad and I love fly fishing together. So he's just started, but no, no. I, I buy my flies through Hurley's Fly Fishing in Melbourne, and we had them on um, on our show a few weeks ago. And you can get all of our interviews and podcasts of the show uh, from wherever you download your podcast, Redmond. But no, it's not one of those things that I've spent a lot of time doing, and I'm. Yeah, I would love to do it. It's just getting the time to do it. We've just had a, a new baby, so that doesn't doesn't speak to uh, creating more time for getting into that sort of thing, Redmond. Hey, yeah. that wraps our social club. If you want to join in the conversation, uh, you can send us a direct message on any of our social media platforms, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or download our Real Adventures app, which is free from wherever you download your apps from. Uh, you can join in the conversation that way. We love uh, interacting and engaging with, with all of our different listeners. That is The Social Club. There's plenty more real adventures after the break, all for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. All aboard for Dometic. The new Dometic drinkware range goes with you anywhere. Brand new colours now available. Dometic.com. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic's new drinkware. There's brand new colours now available. Our special guest this morning is a great mate of ours and the show's Andrew Stephen from Melbourne Marine Centre. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? We're going well, mate. Now, you've had a busy few weeks because you've been up to Groot Island with Robbie Cumming, the, um, well, the Mr. North Bank himself. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us about the trip because you fished with Bomber Farrell, one of the North Bank reps, one of Australia's you know best recreational anglers. He's an absolute guru. How was the trip? Uh, you know, when you go on a trip uh, with Bomber Farrell, you, you know it's going to be awesome. It's hard not to get excited um, <laughs> as soon as you get off the plane and, and Bomber meets you at the airport. You know, he's got a lot of passion for what he does. And, uh, it was just a fantastic trip. Absolutely amazing. When you go to a place like Groot Island, for those unaware, it, it's an island at about an hour out of Darwin. It's sort of east-ish, you know, northeast. Now, there aren't too many places that will test your equipment and put it through the rigors more than what a place like Groot Island will, and that's from both, you know, terminal tackle, rods and reels, etc., to motors and boats. Now, Bomber's had his... Uh, 650 center cab for a while now, his walk around. What do you learn when you fish with someone like Bomber around how you put boats together and what's important? Because obviously it's an always, it's always an evolving um, you know, learning experience when it comes to building a better boat. Oh, 100%. Um, there's nothing like getting out on the water and uh, experiencing, I guess, how, how boats used and, and what it goes through. You know, on a trip like Groot, where from one minute, you know, you might be out, um, you know, bottom bouncing at a reef with soft plastics to casting, you know, lures at, at Barramundi up in the Kulatong River. So, you know, the versatility of a boat and, and understanding how it gets used is, is critical and important when it comes to coming out with obviously new models um, and making changes to improve that, that boating experience for people uh, at the end of the day as well. So uh, certainly a, a trip like group tests the limits of everything like you said not just from the boat and the engine uh, the people on board as well because those fish really stretch your arms up there but all the tackle and, <laughs> and rods and reels so and does it change in terms of when you speak to people uh, at melbourne marine center and you have customers come in obviously one of the you know a really big decision maker around it all is you know what style of fishing do you do what style of boating do you do and equipping you know whatever package it is, so it suits that customer's needs. That's clearly the important part. 100%. You know, that, that's probably one of the first few questions that you'll ask a customer when they walk in. Um, you know, how are you using your boat? Where are you going and what are you doing? Obviously, it comes down to tow vehicle and so on from there as well. But, um, you know, getting a good understanding of, of what that, that person's uh, intentions are with their new boat really helps to, uh, define what what model's going to suit their needs, and you know, there's nothing worse than selling uh, someone a boat, and in 12 months' time they come back and say, "Look, it's not what I expected," because it means we haven't done our job. Now, take us back to Groot Island, Andrew. The more serious part mm-hmm. of the part of the conversation. You had a lot of fish you caught. I've seen some terrific photos. What was the best one? Because some pull harder, some are just more enjoyable. Which one did you enjoy <laughs> catching the most? Oh, mate, I, it's probably not the catch that I made, but probably more the catch that Bomber made, to be honest. Oh, yeah. um, he must have been trying for a good 40 minutes to catch a red emperor on a fly in about three or four metres of water. And and he nailed it. Like, he was he was persistent, and he just did not give up. And um, all three of us sat there and watched Bomber just casting away, <laughs> trying to catch this fish on fly, and he finally got it and nailed it, and it was just it was really good to see and good to watch. How was he targeting that red emperor? Was it sight casting? Like, could he see the fish? Hello, water. Um, he could see the fish, and he was just yeah, just 
casting the, I think it was like a crab fly or something like that by memory. And um, he was just watching it and waiting for it to, to nail that, that fly. Cool. Sorry, okay. but I was just going to ask, what, like, a red emperor pulls quite hard. They try and get into the reef. Did it, did it try and put him into the, into the reef straight away or did he have to work it out or move the boat over the top because you're in such shallow water? We didn't move the boat, but yeah, he did have to work the fish a lot to get it out. And it did pull hard, uh, definitely. And yeah, he just tried to steer it away, back away from the reef, and um, it was a good wrestle for him, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk Mercury outboards for a minute, um, Andrew, because uh, I think it was about a month ago they released uh, a new twenty-five and thirty horsepower four-stroke, uh, and these are the lightest engines that. Mercury have built in this range. Have you had access to those yet? When's the shop going to start stocking them? Because we've obviously got the the Melbourne Boat Show coming up as well, which is a great opportunity to you know to showcase all the new products that you have uh, available for for people to purchase. Yeah, we haven't physically seen one yet. The information that we've seen is probably the same as everyone else has seen online. Um, so we haven't been out in the in the engine yet to experience it. Um, our stock of those motors won't start to arrive till probably later uh, in October, early November. But it, it's good to see Mercury obviously investing in that smaller horsepower because it's a it's a critical part um, for a lot of boats, you know, in that twenty five to, to thirty horsepower. Now something pretty exciting this year, the Melbourne Boat Show obviously is coming back. Uh, to Melbourne, and it's been away for a period of time due to that COVID reasons, but Melbourne Marine Centre is going to be there. Now, I know that I've got to take Pat's boat up on Monday to you, well, to get detailed, Patrick, because I use your boat and it's got a little bit of work hours on it now, so... I, I would service? like a really clean report, Andrew, on the, no, on, the, I think you'll on, be, on the shape of this boat. I think you'll be impressed. <laughs> Andrew's only seen it a few months ago, and it wasn't bad then, so... No, it, it was pretty good, actually. It was good, wasn't it? So it's a couple more, yeah, scr- yeah. Couple more scratches on it, but it's uh, we'll get this detailed up, and it's going to be at the Melbourne Boat, so this is Pat 750 is going to be there. Trust me, you don't want to see my six-meter, but <laughs> there'll be... A, there'll There'll be, there'll be the 750 there. Now, how's it going to work with Melbourne Marine Centre and uh, the Melbourne Boat Show? Because it's on water. Yeah, there, there are components of it on water. Um, there's obviously hard stand components to it as well. Um, we'll have obviously, you know, like you said, Pat's boat down on the water. Um, and then our stand of, of Stacer and, and North Bank and some of the ski boats as well on display, uh, along with the other dealers that are attending. The only good thing about it being on water, Patrick, is... Can't see the scratches on the bottom that I've done. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to that. Melbourne Marine Centre, of course, will be at the boat show from the 20th to the 23rd of this month. It's all coming up. It's something that Victorians haven't had access to for a very, very long period of time. So whether you're interstate or you are from, from Victoria, it promises to be a great show. And, Andrew, you will be there. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. Andrew Stephen from Melbourne Marine Centre. That was all aboard for Domestic new drinkware range it goes with you anywhere and there's brand new colors now available dometic.com now it's time for red's review for the next gen ford ranger everything you need for work and play and aaron is going to go through what you need uh, for this upcoming snapper season so i'm going to shoot through it all right rods and reels Rods and reels, you, anything basic. Uh, the Atomic Arrows are a, a very affordable rod. You can get them in the 15 to 25 pound range, and they're about $130. 
You can get a Stratic if you want a decent reel, a Stratic 5000 on it, or you can get a Shimano uh, Sienna or, or a, anything along those lines that are even cheaper again. The Stratic's probably around that $300 mark, but you can drop down to as cheap as you want. You can, they're, they're, you're only going to use them for snapper. They're not going to bust your drags, but anywhere that five to 6000 range would be perfect. You answer that question. All right, let's talk uh, braid or mono. What size are we going as yeah. a minimum? A lot of people use mono in Port Phillip Bay. Uh, for me, those guys, uh, I guess, don't have coloured TVs yet. Uh, I still use. I I, 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 I love braid. Oh, I like that. I love braid. <laughs> I can understand why the charter boys don't use them because of the tangles and the cost. But the braid, no stretch. Anyway, that's another argument I have with every second person. I love braid, yep. and I'm twenty to thirty pounds heaps. And leader, forty pound, and the hook size. I like six o either Gamagatsu octopus or Gamagatsu circle. Let's talk sinkers, yep. uh, fully weighted. Are we going to drift them in the currents? Yep. How are you going to position your rod? It's the, probably the, the most crucial thing to success is your sinker weight. Now, as much as possible, unweighted, yep. as much as possible. Fishing up to size two ball sinkers is the max. I use a zero to one most of the time. If not, I don't have a sinker on it at all. You're running a snelled rig or a single hook rig. Now, just to give you an example... I'll run a pilchard with a size one ball sinker with a snailed rig with a, and then the other one I'll have a pilchard with no sinker on it with a snailed rig. Then the next bait I'll have a squid ring with a sinker on it and the next one I'll have without a sinker on it. And I'm talking this is running on your main leader line to your hook yep. with to your to your single hook or snailed. The other two I'll have exactly the same as the pillies but it's silver whiting. One with a sinker, one without. Snailed rig. Can't go wrong, and you're going to catch plenty of snapper throughout Port Phillip Bay. One thing I'll also have, at the side of the boat, usually in one of those tuna rigger arms, I'll have one or two, depending on how the boat's sitting in the lines, just a standard Pat Noster rig. I don't buy any easy rigs or any, uh, sorry, any pre-made rigs with f- f- colours on it, because I've never seen a snapper with a feather in its mouth. So that's why I don't buy them. So I like to run just a normal... I make it my own, and I just put a nice squid ring on it and drop it down the side, and that catches a lot of fish too, especially... When you're in deeper water, like 20 metres, 18 metres, than what you are in 10 metres. Obviously, as has all this sort of thing on uh, the Salt Guide website, where he talks through it from go to woe, uh, tying the rigs and how to set it up in your boat. That is our Reds review for today. Focusing on, obviously, this upcoming snapper season, the rods to use uh, and how to rig them. Uh, That is all for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. You're listening to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. Redman, what do you have for us? I won't mention who they were, but I actually borrowed your boat a bit lately because mine was... What? Mine was... Yeah, I should have told you. Mine was getting a new... Did you clean it? The rain. It rained. (laughs) We had 40 mil Typical. during the week. Typical. No, we've been very good with your boat. Well, I actually, actually saw you out fishing. I saw the like the post, Gay Rowan. Great. Oh, that's a nice stretcher shark. Jeez, that stern looks familiar. Did you like the blood dripping off the bait board with the first thing I saw? <laughs> I didn't actually I didn't actually see a shark. I just saw I just saw blood. Hang on. What? 
we're now sponsored by GIF. We use a lot of it. I wish I was sponsored by GIF. That'd be nice. Uh, but what the tip – I had a few people fishing with me. You just mentioned one of their names, Gary Rowan. We'll use Gary as an example because he's a footballer. Yeah, we like he's that. Actually, he's quite handy, actually, Gary, on the tools and whatnot. He can tie a rope off. But And he does clean up. That i tell you what. No, he didn't. He sat on the concrete wall because I put the car, the boat, really? in front of my car to unload everything out of it, talking to a mate of his, Tom, that built his friend's boat, the whole time my cane and I cleaned this boat. He didn't lift a finger, so don't even start there. I was about to say, he like, sat. He, here's a free tip, find a mate that'll help you clean up the boat. Yeah, oh, lucky Kane was there. Really? Kane, the boat builder fisherman, will help me out. That's very disappointing. I had to even persuade him to come on the boat, Kane, because they were enjoying their chat. Anyway, back to the tip. <laughs> when you're tying your boat up, it's not about tying lots of knots. If you want to tie your boat up to a pier... Jeez, that's how I do it. That's how, that's how a lot of the boys to tie knots, with me do tie it. tie knots. Now, i got to prepare. If you can't tie knots, tie lots. That's, that's my philosophy it, in life and fishing. It actually works, though. <laughs> uh, when you're at the ramp and you're trying to tie your boat off, don't just tie like a, a knot onto the cleats. Go around your cleat or whatever, loop it onto your cleat. Yep. And all you have to do is a figure eight motion around the cleat with the rope, one under the side, over the top, back under and back over the top in a figure eight motion. It's not hard. And then put even a, Dr. Google can help you with a figure eight knot. Even I can. <laughs> and then half hitch it on one end and then half hitch it on the other. And that boat isn't going anywhere. Don't do what people did when we we're tying your boat up at the pier. And I turn around going, why is the boat moving backwards? The engines are going to hit the concrete wall. Don't do that. So it doesn't work. You need to make sure you get the figure that all the weight pulls through that figure eight. It pulls tight. The, the actual half hitch doesn't have any tension on it. So when you undo it, you just push it off and it comes off a treat and it can't go anywhere. Yep. So that's Red's tip for the week on how to tie the, a boat off. It is now time for the flying gaff. And I'm not sure where this is going. Now the flying, how long have we known each other for? Oh, geez, too long now. A lo- it's a long time. And yeah, we long. obviously, uh, we host this show, mm-hmm. you know, every week together. Five years, I reckon, very, this show now. Very tight, very tight. How long have you known? You haven't. You've known Joel for just as long, but you don't. It's not like you're the same level of friendship that you have with no, Joel. No, much Joel be- Saturdays. No, Joel's much better. Joel person. Had- well, I, I've clearly got to that because you posted a photo last week yeah. of celebrations of Geelong, and I have been usurped with you post. The first photo you posted was one with Joel in the cup instead of me. Was it really? It was. I'm getting my phone up here. And as soon as I saw it, you know that that just spoke to. You know what? I'm, I'm, actually... I'm going to prop myself up with Joel instead of your old mate here. Well, Joel's just much in, better person. Just in front of you. Just in front of you. So the the gaff this week mm. is headed in your direction because you have tried to elevate yourself just because he's the premiership winning captain. So you to... have the gaff. I'm just bringing you back down to the earth. We I, hope I been... didn't actually mean to do that, to tell you the truth. No, I you, didn't, no that, but, I, but I'll accept it. I don't want to hear a, that. I did mean to do it. That... <laughs> That was calculated. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you are fishing in a fishing comp this week, just remember not to fill the fish with sinkers. It doesn't end well. We're not sure if those anglers in the States are still alive. Have a great weekend. This has been Real Adventures. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.